Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Football South Coast Weekly. It was a very wet weekend which saw just a handful of games played across Illawarra football. We will start with a preview of the fourth round of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. And with me to discuss all the games in the Illawarra Premier League is Football South Coast reporter Nathan Turner. Welcome back, Nathan. Yeah, thanks, Tim. So looking at our first game that we will discuss, it'll be Bulleye against Wollongong Olympic at Balls Paddock on the Saturday. Looking at last season, Wollongong Olympic had a one-all draw with Bulleye before beating them they, the second time that they met. As for this season, both sides are in fact unbeaten in the division. Uh, looking at Bulleye specifically, they were due to play at Port Kembla last round. Uh, but because that game didn't happen due to wet weather, that they still have their 100% record in the competition. And the only other side to do that is Balambi. Nathan, looking at Bulai so far this season, obviously didn't play last weekend. How do you think they're going to fare in a game against uh, Wollongong Olympic side that, that are also still unbeaten? Oh, I think they'll turn up to this game definitely. Um, you saw last season as well was sort of like an average one for Bulai, but they sort of turned up in the Burt Bantam Cup and ended up... Uh, taking that out during the season and they ended up beating Wollongong Olympic uh, inside the grand final or the final for that cup. So I, I feel like they will turn up to big games like this and, and it's going to be a very, very good grudge match uh, up at Balls Paddock on Saturday. Yeah, and looking at Wollongong Olympic specifically, that one-all draw early on last season was one of only six times the side at drop points in the regular season. One, one of only three times the side at drop points at home. So even when Bulleye were having that season where they weren't at the, the same level that they were previously in previous seasons, they were still able to cause Wollongong Olympic some problems. Yeah, I mean, Olympics the same as Bulleye. They, they turn up to those big games and they don't want to drop points to any of the teams sort of below them on the table as they did. Well, they did last year against Bulleye. So, um, but obviously, Bulleye picked up this season. So, Wollongong Olympic need to watch out for that. Um, and coming up after that, uh, Neil Law draw with uh, South Coast United United a couple of weeks ago. Olympic will probably come out firing this one, trying to get uh, back on top. Yeah, and what are you saying for a, a prediction in this game? Uh, look, I'm really liking both sides this season, but I think I'm going to go with Bulleye at home. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there. I think the home advantage for Bulai is something that could be a huge help to them. But I mean, I watched Wollongong Olympic away against Wollongong United and it was a really impressive tactically disciplined display. Um, and I wouldn't put it past them to, to produce something like that again against the Bulai side who, of course, as we've mentioned, has have that uh, 100% record. Yeah, you never can write Wollongong Olympic off away. You can never write them off at all. So it'll be an interesting matchup. And looking at the next game, Cringilla against Coniston at Korean Park on the Saturday afternoon. Last season, uh, Coniston went down 3-1 to Cringilla before Cringilla got up 1-0 later on in the season. And that 1-0 loss for Cringilla was one of only two times the Lions failed to score at home at last season. The other being a 6-0 loss to Port Kembla. Nathan, this Coniston side we've spoken about their quality and you know perhaps haven't had the, the most inspiring start uh, so far with a win and, and of course, a defeat, admittedly, to a, a really good bullseye side. But um, what, what do you sort of think Coniston are going to offer in this game? Yeah, I mean, coming pre-season, Coniston were probably one of the, the one of the competition favourites to go up to the top five. And, and they saw the, sort of saw that in the first round when they defeated South Coast United and obviously had an off week against Bullseye a couple of weeks ago when they lost uh, 5-1, which was which was massive. But I think a big thing for Coniston as well is is to sort of tighten things up at the back. I know last season they only they only kept um, four clean sheets throughout the season and one of them was 
against Cringilla, which was their last one, um, which was in round 14 last year. So a long time ago since the, the Coniston did keep a clean sheet. Um, so if they can sort of keep a tie at the back, sort of um, get Simonovsky off the ball away from goal, then, then yeah, they, they could be looking for a win again in this one. Yeah, and what are you saying for, for a prediction here? Obviously, both sides have shown sort of mixed form to, to start off this campaign. Yeah, I mean, the both sides sort of had that first game where they went both all right. I think uh, Coniston, yeah, as I said, Coniston got that win over South Coast and Kunjilla had that draw against uh, the White Eagles. So, I mean, it should be an interesting matchup, but I feel like I'm going to go um, Kunjilla in this one just at home. Yeah, well, I think it's important to note as well that Cringilla are still winless in this division. And I think at home in this game here against Coniston, Coniston, the, I guess the demoralizing result of a, of a 5-1 defeat uh, may, may still be lingering on their mind. So I think that Cringilla here could capitalize on that and, and uh, pick up their first three points of the season. And looking at the next game on Saturday, it's Belambi against Winuna at Elizabeth Park. So, so far, Belambi, they've had a really good campaign. Two from two, the second highest scorers in the division. I guess the likes of Cuthbertson and, and Unicom. Uh, Vaughn Patterson from midfield, really showing the Rosellas are going to be a force going forwards, most notably the opening round 5-1 win against Port Kembla. Nathan, what have you made of Belambi, and, and especially in a game against Winuna, who have picked up a couple of um, interesting results so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm really liking Belimbi this season. I said that last week as well, so I can't really fault them too much so far. Um, another good pickup for the Rosellas is uh, Brad Watts from Helensburg. He sort of looked dangerous on the wings there as well. So he's been a big pickup for them too. So, I mean, anywhere across the attacking third and then you've got Vaughan Patterson sort of controlling the midfield. They're, they're looking really strong this season. And looking at their opponents, Winona, they do sit a point out of the top five with a game in hand, of course, on the fifth place. Albion Park wide Eagles are one of the only teams across Illawarra football to play last weekend. Nathan, for a prediction in this game, what are you looking at? Uh, look, another another team that I, I don't mind is, is Winona, but I mean, I think Belambi is sort of going to ride their form even further in the competition and get the win in this one. Yeah, I think Belambi being at home in this game is certainly an interesting fact. Uh, with regards to the game, I mean, we do know that again. A couple of really positive results. Obviously, the uh, the, uh, the most important thing is is getting that three on win against Cringilla for them. And um, I mean, they do have positive form coming into this game. But but the Rosellas look to be in a fantastic run of form um, so far. And, and I think that uh, uh, this this could probably be extended against Winuna, who did pick up that opening round defeat. And I think it'll be another close game with Winuna involved. So for me, I, I do think Belambi will get up, but I don't think it'll be as huge of a margin as, as we saw in the opening round for the Rosellas. And looking at uh, the game on the Saturday night, South Coast United against Tarawana Blues at Ian McLennan Park. So last season, Tarawana picked up a 1-0 win before SCU in that sort of unbeaten run towards the end of the season got up 3-2 against the Blueies. Tarawana, they do currently sit second last. Uh, they are still yet to win, but but they've had tough opponents so far. You know, got got a point against Coromel, uh, a tight loss to, to Wollongong United, only 2-0 in that one. So, you know, they are showing that they, they can be a bit of a force at times in, in games in this division. Uh, looking at their opponents, South Coast United, they are another side who are still yet to win. Featured in the only Premier League game last weekend, you know, as we previously mentioned, the, the 2-1 loss to Albion Park. Uh, but But to be fair to them, you know, it hasn't been the easiest run. They've already played... Two, two, the top two sides from last season as well as this season's 
Frat Cup finalists. Um, do you think, Nathan, that perhaps they have had a tough run and, and, and the results have been quite admirable in that respect? Yeah, I mean, both sides um, in this fixture have sort of had that tough sort of start and um, sort of picked up a point in both of them. I know both of them are sitting on, um, you know, one point in Tarawana and South Coast United are sitting on one point as well. So, I mean, yeah, they've, they've first tough opponents already and I think South Coast United are sort of um, looking to go a little bit better than they did last season. So it should be interesting to see how um, both sides play out this one. And what are you going to say for a prediction here in this game? Um, oh, it's a tough one, I tell you. Um, but I think I'm going to go South Coast United in this one. Yeah, look, I think that's an interesting an interesting tip, actually, because South Coast United at home, I think they've played well so far. And, and as we've mentioned, they've had quite tough opponents. And, and Tara won this year, uh, sort of in a similar standing, you know, still yet to win. But, um, yeah, I think that this could be an interesting game. But I, th- I sort of agree with you here. I think South Coast United should have the quality. And I think they've been playing quite well so far. And I think that should should be enough to uh, get them a narrow win here against Tarawana. Yeah, whatever the result is bef- between two sides will sort of shape their season for the, you know, the rest of the year. And looking at one of the games on Sunday in the Premier League, Port Kembla against Albion Park White Eagles. So last season, Port Kembla picked up a 1-0 win against the White Eagles before Albion Park sort of stormed to a uh, 6-1 win later on. Port Kembla, the the only side not to have a point yet. And they have also conceded the second most goals in the division after two games played. Of course, the 5-1 uh, defeat to, to Belambi sort of contributes quite significantly to that. Looking at their opponents, Albion Park, they did pick up their first win of the year with that 2-1 win against South Coast United. Jordan Nikolovsky coming off the bench to pick up his first goal for the side. Would you say they're back to their, their winning ways, Nathan? Yeah, definitely. It was a very solid performance against South Coast United and they sort of kept their, their structure as well um, going into the second half once they went 2-0 up. And yeah, Jordan Nikolovsky, a huge impact off the bench scoring, you know, what ended up being the, the winning goal. Um, so Maybe if they get give uh, Nikoloski a few more minutes as well towards the end of the game or even a start, um, they could look very dangerous towards the end of the season. And uh, in saying that, what, what do you think we're, we're going to see as in terms of a uh, result here? Yeah, I feel like Albion Park will be too strong for Port Kemmler in this one, sort of similar to their last um, outing in the league last year. Yeah, I think it's important for the White Eagles that they do pick up a, a win here. Um, because Port Kembla, as we've mentioned, haven't really been uh, at their best, I guess, or haven't really been very good so far, losing both their games. I think this is an opportunity for the White Eagles to to sort of win well and and get a lot of confidence back in the squad after a sort of indifferent start and building on that that win against South Coast United. So I, uh, I too, will be backing the White Eagles in this one. And looking at the final game, of the round, the later kickoff on Sunday, Coromel against Wollongong United at Ian McLennan Park. Last season, United did fail to score against the Rangers in the league with a 4-0 defeat before drawing nil all at Macedonia Park. So looking at Coromel in this game, the nil all draw last season was one of only three times that the side failed to score last season. Do you think this will be another difficult task for the Rangers? Yeah, I mean, every time a team comes up against Wollongong United, it is a difficult task. But I feel like Coromel have sort of got the... I feel like Coromel have sort of got the quality to get the job done again in this one. Um, I mean, it's going to be a close one. I know Coromel sort of flying under the radar in terms of results and on the table this season because everyone's sort of talking about Bulleye and Balambi. They're sort of just sitting in there in third, sort of you know minding their own business going forward. But um, yeah... 
they sh- they should be able to pick up a win in this one as well. Yeah, look, I think that's uh, probably what I will go with here. I think Coromel this year, obviously unbeaten in the division. And I think another three points here against Wollongong United will certainly help with that. And that concludes the preview for the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. Nathan and I will both be back to discuss the District League. Stay tuned. But before we get into the games, earlier I spoke with Berkeley midfielder Matthew Mears regarding the side's historic win against the Thistle last Thursday night. Here's what he had to say. Matt, thanks for joining me today. You were at the club during what was a very difficult period for the side, failing to win across the whole of last season, extending as far as round 20 of the 2018 campaign. What was the atmosphere like uh, around the club during that time? Uh, to be honest, it was pretty tough. I mean, it's, it's, not, very, it's not easy at all to, to run through a whole season without winning a game. Um, we had... Um, like it wasn't for the lack of trying for the side. We had a lot of injuries through then. We had a lot of players unavailable for different reasons, but um, it was a really tough time, as you could imagine. But uh, positively speaking, I suppose coming into this season, um, had a few new players come on board, which has been really handy. It's really re- reinvigorated the squad, and um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more. Uh, it's a, it's a lot better at the moment, I suppose, um, with a few new players on board. Yeah, and just sort of going back to, to that run, for you personally, were, were the poor results yeah. on the pitch something that bothered you or was it just a matter of sticking to the job at hand? Uh, it would bother anyone, I would say. Um, you know, it sort of it became, become, you know, week in, week out where you think it would, would it ever happen? Would you ever, would you ever win again? You know what I mean? Um, but... I suppose for me personally, it was just um, every week you sort of were, were optimistic about breaking the duck. And, um, you know, there was a few players that we shifted positions a little bit. We tried different things and that sort of stuff, but unfortunately to no avail. But, um, but yeah, I suppose it was, it was something that I never thought of. Um, like I never thought of um, not turning up on a Saturday or anything like that, which a lot of the boys had that same mentality, but it was unfortunate we couldn't, we couldn't get a win up. Yeah, and speaking about, you know, the first win, you did most recently pick up that victory last Thursday uh, in the District League, a 2-1 win over the Thistle in what was the first victory in, in nearly two years. Firstly, how did the side approach this game and what were your thoughts on the game itself and how it transpired, of course, considering that you were, in fact, behind at halftime? Yeah, so um, we've approached each game this year much the same. Um, We've, we've sort of really trying to ramp up training and that sort of stuff. We're getting better numbers at training um, the last couple of weeks, despite all the COVID stuff going on. Um, so, yeah, we knew we were going to be in for a tough task. Um, Helensburg are no easy, easy task on any day, let alone midweek um, up there. So, um, so, yeah, so I suppose we approached the game knowing we were in for a tough one. Um, and, yeah, um, and that's exactly what we got, really. But... Um, I suppose being being down at half time, um, the boys felt we were playing well, um, which 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 was good. Um, we were positive going into half time. Um, I mean that game could have been very different. Now being down one nil, could have been very easily down two nil, um, with with Ty saving the penalty. Uh, when that can change the the game completely. Um, but you know, positive thing for us, we were able to to not only put a, a good effort in for the 45, but we we're able to turn it around and. And, and, and play a, a good 90 minutes for probably the first time in a very long time. 
Yeah, and in terms of looking forward, you know, I've got a victory against Helensburg, who finished second last year, you know, a nil-all draw with top five side Thoreau in round one. These are quite positive results and do, in fact, see you into the, the top five currently. But, but what are the expectations at the club this year in terms of results and performance in this shortened season? I suppose it was hard to... Um, well, I suppose the goal at the beginning of the season was to ensure some stability, you know, to, to, to remain competitive in the competition. You know, last year, um, unfortunately, we, we, we fell right away and we weren't quite, we weren't close to, to the other sides above us. So this year was definitely the goal was to, um, to be competitive. So I suppose we had to reevaluate those goals a little bit being the shortened season. So um, for us over the course of, um, the remaining games was just to try and get as many points as we can. So, um, I mean, at this present time, we feel like we've steadied the ship somewhat um, over the course of the three games. We've been competitive, which has been really good. Um, but, you know, it's still early days. We've still got eight games to go. And, um, yeah, we want to sort of continue building upon what we've started and, 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 and yeah, sort of see where where we end up at the season's end, you know, if that's if that's in the five, perfect. But, you know, that wasn't real. Like, I suppose that would be a long-term goal for us moving forward. But um, for us, it was basically looking at stability and, and, and being competitive in the competition. Yeah, and do you feel that the, the poor results previously over the last couple of years can be an advantage this season with teams perhaps being complacent when, when facing the side? Uh, not really. I feel every, every side... Um, Every side will go through some changes um, year to year, even even um, each half of the season. So I feel, you know, us like any other will we'll approach approach a side with, um, you know, weariness. Um, you know, every side doesn't want to be that side that um, that loses to the side that hasn't played in a long time. So I feel it's we can approach it as a as something that we've got nothing to lose. Um, so I suppose you know, that can, that can give us some confidence moving forward. But at the same time, you know, it could be very easily for us to, for things to break down easily, um, um, going back to last year anyway. But I suppose, um, yeah, this year with uh, the short and so we only get to play each other once, so you've got one chance. So there's really no, no, um, no opportunity for complacency because I suppose looking at it, there's results all over the place at the moment. Anybody can beat anybody. So um, it makes for a real... Interesting competition, I suppose, over the next two months. Yeah, and just finally, you next faced up to a Balgowning side who are still yet to win, although they did pick up a one-all draw against one of the District League favourites in Oak Flats. How is the side approaching this game? Uh, well, we've been a bit disrupted with the rain, um, I suppose, which hasn't helped anything, but we'll approach it the same way as we've approached the, the games the last four weeks. Um, we played them earlier in the in the preseason. They beat us two 0 So we we sort of know um, what sort of sort what sort of side they are. Uh, they're always a competitive side. They're always a really hard side to break down. So so for us, it would just be the same thing: looking to remain competitive over the course of the full ninety minutes, and then when an opportunity arises, we take it. Okay. Thank you for your time. No worries. Thanks, Tim. And now looking at the District League for this round and looking at the first game that we'll talk about on Saturday, Picton Rangers against Kiama Quarriers at Hume Oval. Last year, Picton did do the double over Kiama and that was one of only three teams that the Rangers managed that against 
Uh, so they are still sitting in second spot with a game in hand. Nathan, what are you making of Picton in this game? Yeah, Picton have had a very strong start. Obviously, two wins from two, getting wins over Unindera and Berkeley. So that's probably what the Rangers sort of wanted. I know they finished last season sort of strong with the, the last sort of seven to eight games. So to sort of start the season like that is looking very promising for for Picton. So if they can sort of continue that um, into this game and as well for the rest of the season, they could sort of be pushing for that top five spot. Yeah, and I think that win against Unidera looks all the more impressive looking at, at what Unidera have gone on to do in their next two games with, with the amount of goals that they're scoring at the moment. Keeping a clean sheet against that Unidera team is quite admirable now looking at fixtures that have been played. And looking at their opponents, Kayama, you know, they, they didn't play last round as, uh, the same as Picton due to the wet weather. They're, but, you know, they, they did pick up a 3-0 win before a, a 3-0 loss. And, and they really do need to start keeping a bit of consistency, Nathan. Yeah, definitely. I know last year, I think it was only one time that they sort of backed up points with points, whether it was a win, then a draw, or a draw, then a win. Um, so if they can sort of keep that going this year, that they should be able to, to sit away from the bottom of the table. And I know um, Brenton Burke is a former South Coast flame forward, has looked pretty promising for the Quarriers so far this season. So if he can sort of pick up some form, um, they might be able to get a few more results. And uh, what are you thinking for a prediction here? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Rangers in this one. Yep, I agree with you there. I think Picton should have the quality here. Obviously have a, a really good run of form at the moment and I'll be backing them to extend that. Looking at the next game on Saturday, Balgauni against Berkeley. Balgauni sat 17 points above the Goats last year. Um, as for Berkeley, picked up their first win in over two years, a, a really huge result for them. Uh, I was at the game and they played quite well throughout the game. They created a lot of chances and defended really well against the Helensburg side that had uh, put seven past Fern Hill the previous round. Nathan, what do you make of Berkeley? Yeah, I mean, I saw them a couple of times last year and they sort of looked um, sort of all right in patches. And then, and then once they come into the defensive line, they sort of just went to went to shambles there as well. So, I mean, if, the, if they're tightening up their, their back line, which is a very positive sign for them, as you said, um, it, it should be a lot better for them. And, and as we looked at it, they actually have already picked up more points than they did as all of last season because I know they only finished with three draws and now they've picked up a win and a draw this season. So um, promising signs to come for Berkeley. And what do you think for a uh, prediction here? Yeah, look, um, two two sides that sort of low end of the table last season. And I know Balgauni sort of want to get away from the bottom as well. And they, they like to pick up draws, Balgauni, which they need to stop. But I feel like Berkeley, you know, high motivation, sort of morale's high. I feel like they're going to come away with the win in this one again. Yeah, look, I think that's certainly interesting. I mean, Berkeley this year, uh, it's quite sort of hard to, to think where they might finish. They picked up a couple of quite big results uh, so far this season. And, and they do currently sit in the top five, albeit after three games played when the majority of the league is still yet to play their third game. But yeah, I think here against against Balgauni, they, they've done all their, their good work away from home this season. The nil-all draw against the rule and, and the 2-1 win against Helensburg. And I think playing away here against the Balgauni side who, who are yet to win, um, I think they certainly could uh, pick up another win here. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a close game either way. And looking at another game on Saturday, Oak Flats against Unindera in, in what is, well, it probably is the biggest game of the round. Last season, the Falcons put 10 past the Hearts across two occasions. 
Um, Nathan, I know that these sides were your top two picks in your preview. What are you making of this game here? Yeah, I mean, I tipped Oak Flats to be top of the table and it sort of had uh, not the worst start. They've had a win and a uh, draw against Balgiani. So they're still up there, um, but they looked very promising against University last weekend. And, and they do play a big note as well. They do play Shell Cove on Thursday night in the round three matchup. So sort of a, a couple tired legs there, having two games in, in three days. Um, but as for Unidale, they're just on fire at the moment. I mean, Mark Picciolini, everything he touches sort of goes into the back of the net. Um, he's two, the last two games, he scored eight goals, um, five against Arilla, and then another hat-trick against University on Monday night. So, I mean, all you have to do is mark Mark, really. So um, that'll be a big game plan for the Falcons to sort of just play Mark Picciolini out of the game. And then, then Unidale obviously looking to, to give him the ball as much as you can. Yeah, I think that's certainly an interesting point, isn't it? Because Mark Picciolini has been in simply sensational form, eight goals across two games, um, accounting for the side scoring nine goals in total in their past two games. I mean, I think it'll be a very interesting game here because Unendera obviously have the form, um, Oak Flat sort of coming into their form as well now, and, and they're both sides that do like to score goals uh, throughout the season. Obviously, Oak Flats did get the better of them both occasions last year. What are you sort of looking at here in terms of a prediction? Yeah, I mean, it, it could go either way as well. We were saying that Oak Flats have got that game against Shokhov on Thursday night. So that could sort of be a massive factor in that. Um, but I mean, I'm, I think I'm sort of leaning the way of Unendera. Um, but then again, sort of Oak Flats did beat him in preseason. So it could go either way, but I, I think I'm going to tip the hearts in this one. Yeah, look, I think that that's, um, that's an interesting tip, actually, Oak Flats, of course, being the, the home side. But uh, I, think, I think I will go with Oak Flats here. I mean, Unendera's form has been fantastic of late, and, and so has Oak Flats to a certain extent. But I just think here, Oak Flats playing at home, um, of course, that catch-up game could have an effect on them. Uh, but again, the, the result there against Shell Cove, if they do pick up another win, that'll be more motivation heading into this game. And I just think that uh, Oak Flat should be able to get the job done here. And looking at the next game, we will discuss University against Fernhill at Coolabong Oval. University did get up a th- with a 3-1 win against the Foxes in a preseason trial game. Uh, but as for their form this season, they did pick up that 4-0 loss against Unendera, which does make it a uh, does make its back-to-back defeats in the division. Uh, and Nathan, what do you sort of make of University? I know that you were at the game in, in which they did lose 4-0 to Unendera. Yeah, I mean, the first half was sort of pretty even. I know Unendera sort of went out ahead early, um, but it was sort of three goals in about 15 minutes for that sort of collapsed it for the students. And and basically, they were pretty poor in the defensive sort of uh, lineup. I mean, you can't really let Mark Picciolini have that much space inside the box, um, scoring three headers. Um, they had a couple decent chances as well, but if they could finish a bit more, they probably could have had a, a lot closer game. Um, but it should be interesting to see how they sort of um, fix their, their loss from Unidera and, and go into this one against Fernhill. Yeah, well, I mean, Fernhill obviously, of course, don't have the best of form. They, too, have uh, have got back-to-back defeats, of course, only playing two games. I think it'll be interesting to see sort of the sides, how, how they fare here, because both in, in not the best form, uh, university, of course, at home. And do you think that that home advantage for the, the students will make any difference in terms of a tip here, Nathan? 
Yeah, definitely. I know most of uh, university's win last season did come at Coolabong Oval, but I mean, with recent rain, I know last week they had to change to Oak Flat, so that could be a factor in, in the changing the venue. But I mean, Fern Hill obviously wanting to get away from their bad form as well with their uh, pretty bad start to the competition, especially with that 7-2 loss to Helensburg. So it, it could go either way, but I think I'm going to go with a university win on this one. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll agree with you here. I think Fernhill, the 7-2 the seven, the seven defeat to Helensburg, and then the 3-0 loss to Kiamba, just not in the best of form. University, of course, did pick up a win on the opening day. I just think University at home here should be able to, to get the job done against the Foxes. Looking at the next game on Saturday, Thrall against Helensburg at Thomas Gibson Park. It was quite high scoring uh, last season, Helensburg getting up 5-2 before Thrall held out for a 2 all draw later on in the season. Thrall haven't scored or conceded yet, which sees them with 2 nil all draws. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it, it is a local derby here, Nathan. And, and do you think that that could play into sort of what's going to happen here? Yeah, I mean, Thrall and Helensburg is always an almighty clash. They're sort of everyone pumps up against, you know, the local rivals, rivals up north. And um, obviously last season, seven goals in the first game and then another four in the second. So it's not like a team wants to sit back and sort of play out a win here. They want to, they want to you know, get the win. They want to pump them. So the rules should, should be um, stepping up to this one. And um, it should be interesting to see if they, they do score a goal. I know Helensburg sort of let it slip against Berkeley last week. So it, it could be interesting to see how Helensburg um, go in the defensive line and the rule go in the attacking line as well. Yeah, and speaking about Helensburg, I was at the game with the defeat to Berkeley at home. And to be fair to them, they did look great in patches in terms of the football that they played. Uh, it was played at a good intensity and they really committed to sort of dominating the ball and trying to play football the right way. Uh, Kate Kinsella did miss a penalty. It wasn't the best of penalties. Um, and, and I guess that game could that sorry that goal could have perhaps, you know, seen, seen the Berg draw or completely changed the, the course of the game. They did go on to lose against Berkeley. But I mean, Helensburg, they are a, a young side and I guess defeats like this can be expected uh, here, Nathan. Yeah, every now and again, you sort of play that game where it's just not going your way. I mean, credit to the Berkeley to show the resilience of coming from a goal down and, and winning. But I mean, if that Kinsella goal goes in, sort of Helensburg run away with the win. So it's a big factor there. And, and obviously the youngsters sort of learning on that lesson, um, especially Kinsella. I know he's a very quality player. So it would be very disappointing in that one, but I know he can sort of turn up when he needs to. And, and obviously he's going to be a one to watch this weekend against the rule. And what do you think we're going to see in terms of a result here against these two sides? Yeah, I mean, it could, it could lean either way. As I said, um, Northern Derby, I know they players get pumped up for this one, but I feel like Helensburg will, will want to bounce back from that defeat to Berkeley and get overthrown in this one. Yeah, well, I mean, Helensburg, uh, you know, they, they have shown, obviously, the Berkeley game was an exception. They have shown that they can score goals here. Helen, uh, Thoreau, sorry, they, they haven't conceded yet. And I think that's an interesting tussle there. Thoreau are at home. But, but I just feel that Helensburg here, the disappointment of that defeat to Berkeley and the quality that they can play with, I think that that should be enough to, to get them a win here. And looking at the only game on Sunday in the District League, Shell Cove against Rilla at Barakites Sports Field. Last season, it was quite low scoring with these sides. Rilla got up 1-0 earlier on in the season before there was a nil-all draw at Barakites Sports Field. Shell Cove, they did back, bounce back uh, with, the, with the defeat in the first round with a 3-0 uh, win against Kiama. 
Um, that, that, but again, they're the other side who will play uh, a game on Thursday night against Oak Flats. Again, the tired legs that could have an impact. Nathan, what do you think we're going to see here in a game against a Rilla side who haven't lost to Shell Cove since rejoining the District League? Yeah, I mean, Shell Cove have got two massive games coming up this weekend. It sort of would shape their season if they could get, you know, a win and a draw out of both of them. It sort of could, could see them to the top half of the competition. So um, it should be interesting to see how they, they sort of come off with the two games within the few nights. And even if they do lose on Thursday night, which I'm not saying they will, but they, they I think they have the quality to sort of, you know, turn it around and get the win as we did see in the first two rounds, losing uh, 3-2 to the university and then getting another 3-0 win over Kayama so I feel like they will have the quality to um, get the win against Rilla, uh, which will be my tip but then uh, then again you won't be able to write off Rilla. Um, they picked up that two-all draw against Helensburg in the first round looking very promising in patches as well um, and then they did start sort of strongly against Unendera as well before Picciolini sort of put five past them but if they could sort of play at the 90 then the game will be a lot closer than that Unendera one as well. Yeah, look, I think it's an interesting game, isn't it, really, between these two sides? It's quite hard to tell because neither have really been particularly outstanding in the division so far. But I think this provides both sides with the perfect opportunity to sort of showcase the quality that they can show. And I think it's important as well. You spoke about uh, how results could shape the, the season. And, you know, with the reduced number of rounds here, picking up three points here is, is huge for both of these sides, even more so. Uh, so I, I think here, though, I will back the home side in Shell Cove. I know Rilla do have quite a good record against Shell Cove, but uh, I just feel that Shell Cove should be able to get the win here. Yeah, there was only four points between the two sides last season and they were sort of a uh, similar position on the table. Uh, Rilla in eighth and then Shell Cove in tenth. So if either team want to sort of push up to the top half, then they'll need to get the win here. But yeah, I'm going to stick with Shell Cove. And that concludes the Illawarra District League preview for this week. Now, Nathan will be taking you through the Women's Division 1. And now moving on to the Grange Women's Division 1 competition with two games being played over the weekend, both at Ian McLennan Park, given the recent conditions and wet weather. And it was on Friday night at Ian McLennan Park that Wununa and Albion Park played out in tough and wet conditions. It was Wununa coming from behind to record a 2-1 win against Albion Park, handing Albion Park their first defeat of the season. Hayley Wilkinshaw and Elise Campbell scoring for the Sharks and Brittany Ring got the goal for Albion Park, pushing her tally out to four from four this season. But I did speak to Michael Sutton, the Winona Sharks coach, after the game, and here's what he had to say. Oh, congrats on the win. How'd you find the game in tough conditions? Um, I thought our girls played some really nice football, especially under the conditions. Like um, we, we tended to keep the ball down, knocking the ball around really nicely and switching the play really nicely. Um, to, to Albion Park's credit, they never gave up, honestly, kept coming at us and coming at us, and I, I thought it was a really, really good game to watch. And uh, was it a different game plan today, given the sort of wet and slippery conditions as well on the synthetic pitch? No, nah, not really. We tend to play a game on the ground more. We, we do prefer that. Um, we have got girls that, that have some nice touch on them and, and have some good sight in their play, so no. Nah, it was pretty much a normal game plan. We just needed to keep opening the play up as much as we could. And obviously you went down goal uh, early in the second half. Sort of uh, what changed when the, so the girls clicked on after that? Yeah, I think straight after half time we just went to sleep a little bit. Um, 
and, and we didn't quite get in front of the ball as well as what we had been during the rest of the game. And the girls, straight after that, they just snapped back into it and got straight back into the game. And obviously, you ended up being parked their first loss of the season. What's next for you guys as well? Um, still a fair way to go yet, so it's too early to call anything. Um, our, our next big matchup is going to be Kiama on Friday night again. Um, that'll be another test for us. Uh, and then we'll just have to keep taking things one game at a time. And the other game of the weekend was University and Wollongong United played on Sunday night again in wet and windy conditions. And it was University coming out too strong for United in a 4-0 win. Rihanna Brown, Zoe Carlos and Lisa Tolson scoring for the students with Carlos getting a brace, which pushes the students up into top spot of the ladder after the dominant performance and handing United back-to-back losses in the process. I spoke with University coach Brod Crichton after the game. Well, Brod, 4-0 win, top of the table. How did you make of that performance tonight? Uh, it was okay. Uh, the girls played well. There was uh, no weak links in the side this, this week, um, which is good. Uh, everyone played, played well, and the conditions weren't conducive to great football. Uh, just a little bit worrying for other teams if we get it right in the front third there. You know, um, a lot of the balls just run away to the keeper, the ball's going through into the middle there, we've just got to get the weight on our passes once we get that right we're going to score a lot more goals Was it a different game plan going into tonight's game given the wet conditions? No, we stick to our game plan each week we, you know, we push the ball around, we make um, make sure that we've got options uh, we keep moving off the ball and once we, if, we, if we keep doing that look, we um, work our way up the park, we don't try not to play long balls in and in, in the, you know, get us out of trouble but if we have to we will but the girls moved off the ball really well and created opportunities for other girls to pass it to them. And we worked our way up the park, which was great. Uh, next Friday night, it's a big one against Albion Park. Friday night, is it? I didn't know that. Oh, uh, next weekend. Next weekend. Um, yeah, every game's a big game. I mean, Albion Park got beat this week, so I'm, you know, a little bit worried about them. It's like poking a bear in the, in, in the eye of a blunt stick. I mean, yeah. They're a great team. They always have been, and they're, they're good again this year. They've had a little wake-up call, so they're going to be on their game, and they're going to be firing. They're going to be strong. They're fast. They, you know, they can they can move the ball. They've got girls, number of girls that can hit a ball from 25 yards. They're, they're the yardstick. I mean, they're the team that's been in on top form for the last four or five years. So yeah, I always look forward to playing them. It's a it's a good challenge. Um, and if you want to play football, you want to play the best teams, and we really look forward to next week. And now looking forward to round six of the Grange Women's Division 1 competition, which kicks off on Friday the 14th of August with Kayama hosting Wununa at Kayama Sporting Complex with a 7.30pm kickoff. And Kayama sit currently in seventh spot after losing to both Albion Park and University 2-1 and 3-1 respectively. As for Wununa, obviously we talked about them beating Albion Park on Friday night, which was a big win for them, which pushes them back into the finals position in fourth spot. Moving to the Sunday games, the first one kicks off at 1pm at Macedonia Park with Wollongong United hosting Varilla and Wollongong United will obviously be looking to bounce back after those two straight losses to last year's grand finalists in Albion Park and University and they do still sit in third so they are still hanging in there, Wollongong United and need a win this weekend but it won't be easy with Varilla being tough opponents as well, recording their first win of the competition with a 7-1 drubbing of Fernhill with Emma Gomez scoring a hat-trick for the Wanderers, certainly putting her stamp on the race for the Golden Boot this season. 
Continuing on into Sunday, it's at Ray Robinson Field, Fernhill against the Thrill Thunderbirds, which is also a 1pm kickoff. And Fernhill will be looking to sort of kickstart their season for this one as they are zero wins with three losses to start the season. However, a bit of a confidence boost for the Foxes as they did beat the Thunderbirds last time out last season, recording a 2-1 win in round 15. As for the Thunderbirds, it was a 3-0 win against Wununa last time out two weeks ago after last weekend's games were washed out. They are sitting in fifth spot with a game in hand and a win here could push them into the finals positions depending on other games and other results. And for the final game on Sunday, it kicks off at 3 p.m. at Terry Reserve in a grand final rematch between Albion Park and University. Most likely one of the biggest spectacles in the women's game across the Illawarra football with Albion Park being so dominant in the last few seasons and University sort of coming closer and closer towards that premiership and championship and they were close last year but didn't sort of get there in the end. Albion Park did suffer their first defeat last weekend to Winuna as we discussed before but they have a very strong positive record against the students beating them three times last year including in both the semi-final and the grand final. As for the students, they are still undefeated in 2020, which is looking very promising towards the end of the season. They've started the season with three wins and one draw, the draw coming against the rule in round two, but they have sort of bounced back since then, beating Kayama and then Wollongong United. They also beat Albion Park 5-1 in this first round fixture last year, so definitely promising signs for University going into this one. And that wraps up the review and the preview of the Grange Women's Division 1 competition. We'll be back next week to discuss the results and next round's games as well. That concludes the Football South Coast Weekly for this week. Make sure to follow Football South Coast on Twitter at FSC underscore official for live updates on the biggest matches across Illawarra football, as well as notifications regarding match reports, previews, reviews, and feature articles. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. My name is Timothy Gibson. Thank you for listening. <laughs>